0: Welcome to the Dub Web Fest Show, I'm Sebastian Stevenson. Today I'm joined by Elish Mekomil, producer of Burning Series. Elish joins us on Skype and tells us what is Burning Wishes.
1: Brain Wishes is a comedy, a very dark comedy drama web series, essentially about fulfilling the wishes of a dying friend in rather unorthodox circumstances. So we have our three friends who um, get reunited after many, many years, only for dying friend to ask the two ne'er-do-well brothers to fulfill his last dying wish of scattering his ashes at the place where the... The lads had a very exciting youth. So exciting that one of them ended up in jail. So the gentleman decided to honour his wishes. And it's all going fantastically according to plan until the dying man's very stingy children decide to bury him instead of cremate him.
0: OK, and where did this idea come about exactly?
1: Well, it came from Kean McGarrigal. And Kean had been working on the idea of what it would be like to exhume a body and the hilarity around such a kind of a very dark comic concept. So, Kean had been playing with that in his stand-up show for a while and doing a lot of dark jokes around death. And he eventually put it down in a short format and sent it to ourselves before Storyland 2014 submission deadline. And we decided that actually we thought it was so cracking and perfectly in, in form with what Deadpan were trying to do with our sp- particular focus on comedy and particularly on character-driven comedy, that it he had done an incredibly good job of capturing these very unusual characters within a very dark, macabre world, doing something very un- unorthodox.
0: Why was the decision made i suppose to turn it into a web series and submit it to rte storyland
1: well to be honest he he was toying with the idea of making it into a short film but we saw a lot more depth and kind of breath in the story that we could expand it into something um longer and the web series uh, storyland competition that rte run felt like a natural home for to explore the characters and obviously we're we're not stopping there. The project is still in development and we have interest in developing into a long form TV series.
0: What was the process of going through RTE Storyland? And I suppose in a way, while you were going through the, the process, you were sort of having a, a a kind of thinking, oh, maybe this could be, lead to possibly being turned into a television series. Is that right? Or? Well, that
1: was all, always our um, original plan. It, we see it as part of the development process, developing this web series and the platform is very good to test characters to test the strength of a story and we find the storyline process very good. RTE have, I know as you probably are aware, an ongoing annual event where they select I think it's between four and six projects. And the Storyland programme within RT has evolved from being kind of a voted out scenario, whereby you would only get to shoot one app of your web series before it would be placed to the public vote. Um, but in 2014, they decided to commission full series, which I think is a much fairer way to test a story and to see if you can build an audience. And from there, we took the project Worked it up with director Vincent Gallagher, Kim McGarrigal is the writer, and ourselves here in Deadpan and worked it into a shape that we thought would be strong for the needs of Storyland, but at the same time would protect the story so that we could develop it further into a longer form TV series if that's the avenue it went.
0: And was there much in terms of that change during that development process um, when you, yeah.
1: The overall story that Keen had is a much greater world of characters. And so we very much condensed it into something that was manageable. Small number of characters, small number of locations that we could feasibly make on the budget that Storyland had to offer.
0: And maybe you could just tell me briefly just about kind of your own producing background and maybe your background in general.
1: I have been in the industry for 13 years Okay. counting, I'm guessing, <laughs> um, having graduated with a Bachelor of Science from DIT in film and broadcasting. And after a year or two working in documentaries, I started working as a development exec in Grand Pictures and worked there for a number of years, working across um, projects such as Travia, uh, Valfalvi, We also did Death of a Superhero, so it was across film and TV. And then in later years, I was co-producing various TV series, such as Trivia and Velfalvi. And then uh, most recently, myself and Paul Donovan, who was previously in Grand Pictures, opened Deadpan last year. To focus exclusively on comedy.
0: Okay, and so uh, you've obviously done a lot of, I suppose, of factual filmmaking. Was is there much of a transition between comedy? No, and actually,
1: no, none of that is factual. Oh, excuse me. That's all scripted comedy or scripted drama.
0: Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, no, no,
1: no, that's okay. It's um. A- the the remit in Grand Pictures was a much broader remit, so we covered everything from very very serious dramas. We did Titanic Blood and Steel. We also did Nick, Nicholas Rogue's Puffball, which is a dark psychological thriller. And so we had quite a mix on the slate. But in latter years, we focused pretty much on comedy content. Mm-hmm. And the last kind of the big comedy production that we did through uh, Grand Pictures that Paul was exec producer on was. Boy which was for Sky and I acted as production executive on that production for Grand Pictures and then out of that we decided that we would focus on comedy content for Irish and international audiences under a new name Deadpan Pictures.
0: When it came to making this web series was there much you learned I suppose you always learn something when you do kind of a shoot or or when you produce something. Definitely
1: (laughs) there's there's always much to learn I think it was the the, we had a very very um, Excellent crew, and that's the most important thing. And given the very very strict financial constraints, it was really good to get the some very young, talented, breakthrough technicians to come on board. So, in particular, we had a wonderful production designer, Lila Narai, who really achieved. A fantastic look for the entire series with an incredibly small budget and then it was also an opportunity to work with the director Vincent who we'd been watching and had seen his short films develop so from that point of view it was a useful tool to test our relationship and it's always a good way to find out if if we can all work together because as you know these things are never just one or two months it's always a very long development process and it's very important to have good collaboration on board and now myself, Vincent and Kian are going on to develop other projects.
0: Okay, I'm just kind of curious there, just in terms of, I wonder for this series, was it for you in a way also a way to test out kind of new uh, technical talent, I wonder? Um, you know? it, it,
1: it was really useful in that department because obviously when you're working it, it at that level, Of course, it's an opportunity to test out new technical talent. When you're working at that budget level, we have a really good mix of very experienced talent that were moving to the next grade so for example we had a location manager who was moving up to the next grade we had a production designer as i said lila who really was
2: an, an assistant designer at the time and has really proven herself and then went on to work on another production that we exact produced during the summer because she just delivered such an amazingly strong look and fulfilled vincent's expectations So it's a really good way to test new talent and to see who the new kind of talents that are coming up through the industry are.
0: What were the challenges in making this web series?
2: obviously
1: with the restricted budget we had to reduce the number of days that we were in a position to shoot so we managed to shoot our four-part web series across four days just after the bank holiday in october last year so it was 2014 Um, and obviously finding all the locations in very close vicinity because we had no time to have large unit moves because we were working on a very very tight schedule i suppose they were the biggest issues but of course we had a great line producer Amory Nocton who found us a really really strong crew in particular I think that locations had really delivered in this because they managed to get us some fantastic first of all the graveyard which is very important in the church for the storytelling and close to a really really good pub that gave us access so that we could deliver a really 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 strong look for the the, we decided to go with a Halloween theme in the pub And they facilitated that, which I think without that, we would have ended up spending an awful lot more money that we didn't have in our budget.
0: Uh, I'm wondering then, maybe, did you have any challenges in actually securing a graveyard for shooting filming? Yes.
1: Yeah, it was very, very difficult. We actually, Owen Naughton was the location manager and Owen worked with the local Presbyterian church to try and get us a graveyard that... We, we didn't dig in the graveyard, but we had to give the impression of digging in a graveyard, which is obviously a difficult thing to do. Uh, but it was in Calvary Church in Roundwood, and the minister there was incredibly helpful. But it was a, a, a difficult location for um, Owen to get for us, because obviously the Catholic graveyards didn't want us coming in and filming there, because it is a sacred ground, and you do have to treat it with the respect that, that demands.
0: Hmm. Okay, um, and I have one kind of particularly question I have, which is, um, who is the sort of Mario and Luigi fan in the crew? Because I just noticed that for the two kind of main guys, their font is, on the truck is uh, the, uh, what you'd see on sort of the modern su- Super Mario <laughs> <Yeah>. games. <laughs> and then also they're both, ch- what the shorter guy, I, sh- I know their names, but I can't think yeah, of them at the minute. Uh, yeah. He's dressed in red and the other one is dressed, not quite green, but, you know, green enough. So I'm just wondering, what, what was the, why? Was, is there meant to be an intentional reference to
1: I don't think there's an intentional reference, but if there's anyone a fan of that, it will be Vincent Gallagher, who is the director. And Vincent would have worked closely with Laura to choose the exact costume. So I'd imagine that could well have been the thinking behind that. Okay. With regards to the van design, that was Leela, who was our production designer. And uh, I think she did a fat job.
0: Yes, and I suppose maybe we could talk a little bit more about the locations because, you know, you obviously go to a few, fair few places and you're mainly on the road. Was there much trouble in, say, sanctioning off the road? Yes. Or, or is it because now you're based in the country with it, was there actually that much of a problem? No, not at all,
2: what we actually did was we got a lot of private roads and we shot a lot of it round Lock uh, Dan Scout Centre. So that's actually where we had the final scene um, and where we also had a lot of the driving van sequences. Um, so any of the roadblocks with the Guardie were close to lockdown. So we were kind of sectioning off private roads, so it didn't have the same implications as of sectioning off main roads.
0: Okay, and I'm just wondering, this is, this is kind of, a, I suppose, a big-ish question, but do, was there anything that was kind of different to how you were thinking about the problem of producing a web series compared to other film works that you've done?
2: Well, I suppose the biggest thing is the limitations, because I'd never worked in that kind of low-budget area before I didn't do the short film routes other than through college, I'd kind of come out, worked in a documentary and worked across kind of big scale comedy drama productions and feature films with all budgets in an excess of a million. Mm-hmm. so going from that having thirty pounds to make uh, twenty four minutes was quite a challenge it was just conceptually how to put that together that was a very skeleton-rich crew and an amazing crew that delivered a very, very strong piece, but it was a very different way of thinking about the process and also the very short time constraint involved, because obviously the less money you have, the less time you have to shoot as well as prep. So it it was difficult from that point of view, but very worthwhile and an incredibly strong part of our development process on that project. And the, the web series has, as you, you're probably aware, has gone on to win a numerous awards in picking up Best Director at San Francisco Web Fest, Best Series in Bilbao, as well as being selected for Brooklyn Web Fest, Austin Web Fest, and being nominated for a number of awards the Amos
0: Web Fest as well as Bilbao. Ailish Mechomil, producer of Burning Wishes. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Dub Web Fest show. Follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes for the latest episodes as they come out. Keep up with the festival on Facebook and Twitter and the web series seen around the world. Search for Dub Web Fest. Check out DublinWebFest.com to find out more information about the festival happening this November. Next week our guest is the makers of Five Cents and the Boys. See you next week.